welcome to Mentally Stronger, the podcast where with every episode, we're learning practical ways to let go of stress and struggles, grow our mental strength and live a happier, healthier, more meaningful life. I'm your host, Melly O'Brien, co-founder of mindfulness.com and creator of mindfulness-based mental strength training. I'm so glad to have you with me. Let's dive in to today's episode. Today, we are talking about how we can heal our insecurities. Some people seem really confident, right? You might look at people on social media looking really happy and self-assured, having all these adventures, and you would think that they don't experience any kind of insecurity at all. But if we look a little bit closer, we can see that the same vulnerabilities and insecurities that exist in me, exist in you, and exist within us all. In fact, every single one of us with a human mind faces the same challenge. We're all born with two primal fears. Now, the first fear is that we are not enough. We're not worthy. And the second fear is that because of that first fact, we won't be loved. Now, the reason for this basic insecurity that we all have has to do with the way that our minds evolved. Human beings have been evolving over the last 200,000 years and for the span of that 200,000 years, most of human evolution happened in our ancestors who were living as hunter-gatherers, right? Or what we often call cavemen and women. It's only a tiny slice of time that we've been living in the modern world anything like what we've been living like in the last couple of thousand years. And, you know, the last 50 years, there's been nothing like that in human history. So just to give you a little bit of context there, right? So because of the way our minds evolved, of course, we have the same basic needs as every other higher animal on the planet, food, water, shelter, and reproduction. But none of those things are important if you die, right? So what is the number one job? of the conditioned human mind. It's to stop you from dying. And here's the thing, for human beings in hunter-gatherer days, fitting in with the tribe or the group was absolutely a survival need. Humans did not survive alone. We only survived in packs. So if the group kicked you out, if you got rejected, then you would be booted out of the tribe and it wouldn't be long before you got picked off by a predator or a rival tribe or starvation got a hold of you. Rejection literally meant death. That's why it still feels that way sometimes, right? Rejection really does feel like death. So how does the human mind make sure that you fit in with the pack? Well, it compares you to everyone else and it assesses, do they like me? Am I fitting in? Am I doing the right thing? Am I contributing enough? Am I special enough? Do they like me? Am I offending anyone? Am I good enough? Does this sound familiar at all? These days, we have inherited this conditioning in our own modern minds. And we still compare ourselves to other people all the time. And we try to assess, are we measuring up? Are we fitting in? Are we doing anything that would have people reject us or look down on us? And for the mind, this still feels like a matter of life and death. And it drives a lot of our 
behavior and it's the seat of a lot of our insecurities. Now to make matters worse, we don't live in tribes anymore. So instead of just comparing ourselves to a bunch of people in a small tribe, Now, thanks to media and technology, your mind can compare you to a massive amount of people, often with glossy photoshopped images and displays of wealth and power and achievement and this constant comparison to so many other members of the tribe at such impossible standards really aggravates the conditioning of the human mind. It ramps up the fear circuitry of the mind and causes us to feel again and again and again and again that we are not good enough. We are not worthy. This probably has a lot to do with the huge rise in depression across the globe in the last decade with the rise of social media. Now it's just a habit to be scrolling through these images and the mind just does what the mind's conditioned to do. Right now, almost everyone has their own version of the I'm not good enough story. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too dumb. I'm too dorky. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not nice enough. Or I'm, I'm too this or that, right? What we're doing through mental strength training is we're learning not to get rid of these thoughts and the natural feelings of insecurity that come from them. This is actually really deep conditioning of the human mind and it's likely always going to operate to some degree. However, what we practice is we practice changing the way we relate to this pattern. We learn to meet this habit of the mind of comparing ourselves to others, of you know the inner critic that tells us we're not good enough and we need to do this or that. We Learn to meet these patterns of insecurity with understanding and with wisdom and with compassion. We see it for what it is. It's just some old evolutionary conditioning in the mind. And in seeing that, what we know to be true is that these condition patterns don't actually mean anything about your worth as a human being. These patterns become just mental events that are passing through the mind rather than something that has to control you or hurt you or drag you down or limit you. So by seeing that this is just an old pattern in the mind, it breaks the hypnosis of you believing these thoughts. And when you don't believe these thoughts, they lose their grip on you and they lose their power to affect you. So we practice not believing those thoughts of deficiency and taking a step back from them and seeing them for what they are, just thoughts, not reality. This is the first step to truly healing our insecurities, just simply seeing them for what they are. Now, just before we go on to the second step of healing our insecurities, I just want to take a little pause here for a moment because it's one thing to just say, you know, we, we want to see that these are just thoughts and not reality. But this isn't always easy. What, what this really requires of us is to really check in with ourselves and get really honest with ourselves. And we have to question some of our very deeply held assumptions and ideas about our worthiness. Because I think for many of us, if we are really honest with ourselves, 
when we think about where our sense of self-esteem or self-worth comes from, we think about external factors, right? Maybe we believe, for instance, that if we behave in certain ways that are quote unquote good or right, then we can feel good about ourselves. But if we don't behave in those ways, if we behave in ways that are quote unquote bad or that other people don't like, then we are bad and we are unworthy. So we need to take a a moment to really consider, is our worthiness really in our behavior? Is it dependent on our behavior? Another place we get tripped up, as I said, is we compare ourselves to other people. If we believe that we're less than them in some way, whether it's less good looking, less wealthy, less smart, less successful, or whatever it is that we compare to, then we might feel unworthy or inadequate. And hey, if we feel like we're better than them, then we can feel superior, right? We can have this kind of false confidence that's based on being better than someone else. But again, we need to take a moment to consider, is our worthiness really in how we compare to another human being? Or perhaps we feel good about ourselves as long as other people approve of us. Right, when we get their approval, their love, maybe people have a crush on us or maybe we have a number of likes on Facebook posts or we just, you know, we have friends that tell us we're great, right, Um, which is a wonderful thing in some ways. But if we're dependent on that, then we can only feel enough. We can only feel okay about ourselves. We can only feel worthy if those things happen. If they don't like us, then we totally fall apart. But is our worthiness in what other people think of us? The reality is is that all of these forms of trying to find our worthiness are both artificial and unstable. They leave you at the mercy of external and ever-changing conditions. And too often we're using these criteria to measure our self-worth and then it's kind of like this roller coaster right when we have their approval we feel good when we behave in certain ways we feel good and then all of a sudden we feel like we're falling short and we're inadequate and we're disconnected and we're stuck back in cycles of approval seeking again so one of the gifts of mental strength training is is it really starts to help us very clearly see that it's not external factors that are the true measure of our self-worth or anyone else's for that matter. So in order to really cultivate true and lasting self-worth and heal our insecurities, we need to let go of believing in these old conditioned ways of finding our self-worth, these old conditioned thoughts that tell us to keep going looking outside of ourselves for worthiness, right? And we need to start cultivating it from within. Okay, so the first step to healing our insecurities is really recognizing these patterns when they arise. And the second way that we heal our insecurities is we can do that by deliberately retraining this old automatic pattern in the mind and rewiring it by deliberately practicing the ability to accept and love ourselves. And we do that again and again and again. We, we train ourselves in loving ourselves without condition, accepting ourselves without condition, and reminding ourselves of the inner truth 
that I think we all do truly know deep down, which is that we are all inherently worthy. Our worthiness as a human being was never dependent on anything at all. So when we start to see this clearly, when we start to practice self-acceptance and self-love as a way of being, that is how we heal our insecurities and cultivate true and lasting and stable self-worth. So that's the second step. So the first step is recognizing those old conditioned patterns. Second step, actively practice self-compassion and self-love. That way, we don't base our self-worth on what other people think of us, how much we weigh, what kind of car we drive, or what we've done or not done. We learn here to gradually let go of worrying so much about all of that, and we train in accepting ourselves as we are, flaws and all. I'm going to give you some tips to actively practice self-love and self-acceptance. But before I do, I just want to say, this is a question that comes up a lot when I'm uh, coaching and, and training and teaching retreats. A lot of people are concerned if they practice self-love in self, instead of self-criticism that they won't do anything positive about their life. You know, they won't improve their life circumstances. They're going to lose all their motivation. Like the research is very clear that this is not the case. Self-acceptance and self-love doesn't mean we're not going to do anything to improve our life circumstances or give up on our morals and values. Rather, it simply means unwinding from the stories that are telling us we're not good enough, we're deficient, and that we need to be fixed so that we can live our lives and make our choices from a place of confidence and fullness and self-love. So we do things, right, from a mindset of love and wholeness rather than a mindset of deficiency. We often spend so much time and energy trying to prove ourselves, trying to fix ourselves, trying to get likes and admiration, but training in self-acceptance and self-love turns that game on its head, turns this pattern of seeking our self-worth from outside ourselves around so that we can act with intention, with wisdom and with passion. So here are two steps that you can start to cultivate true and lasting self-worth today. So I've spoken about this, these two steps to cultivating true self-worth and healing your insecurities. As step one is recognizing this old condition pattern in the mind. Step two, actively practice self-appreciation and self-love. Here's how you can actually apply this in a two-step process in your life. Step one is to really keep recognizing the thoughts and mental habits. Be on the lookout for them. If your inner critic pipes up and tells you, you know, you're not good enough or it starts approval seeking or judging you or comparing you to someone else or you have those feelings of unworthiness, just take a pause in that moment and mentally note to yourself with a bit of an inner smile, ah, that's just a thought, okay? So each time you get caught up in self-judgment, comparing, approval seeking, actively note to yourself it's just a thought and then you're going to switch your focus to practicing self-acceptance and self-love. So immediately in that moment, try to have the attitude towards yourself of kindness and compassion. After you've said it's just a thought, remind yourself in that moment of your inherent worthiness. You might even like to say to yourself in a kindly and friendly inner voice, you know what? I am enough. I am worthy just as I am. 
Or you might have your own words that you'd like to say to yourself in that moment, like, I accept myself just as I am, or I love you just as you are, whatever kind of words of comfort, of acceptance, of kindness that you'd like to say to yourself. It's very, very simple practice. Again, two steps. Every time you find yourself having thoughts of insecurity, mentally note to yourself, just a thought, and then switch the focus to giving yourself kindness and compassion and acceptance. Perhaps saying to yourself, you know what, I'm enough just as I am, or I accept myself just as I am. Here's my invitation for your mental strength practice this week. Most of us spend an enormous amount of time and energy trying to be somebody better, trying to fix ourselves, trying to improve ourselves. This week, I invite you to take one week of your life to find out what happens when you switch the focus from trying to fix or change yourself to learning to love and accept yourself. Every single time that inner critic pipes up, every time you compare yourself to somebody else, every time you have a thought that says, I'm, I'm not enough of this or too much of that, just take a pause, switch the focus back to accepting yourself and remind yourself of your inherent worthiness. I do believe that there's a part of each and every one of us a higher part, a deeper part that can step back from the conditioning of the mind and knows or has a higher perspective. So tapping into that higher perspective, be kind to yourself, appreciate yourself and remind yourself that you've never needed to do anything to be worthy. This is no small thing. If we can learn to unwind the habit of always wanting to be someone different than we are, and instead focus on appreciating who we are as we are, then we're really training ourselves to feel at home within our own skin, within our own mind, and ultimately within our own lives. I hope this episode has been beneficial for you. I wish you a wonderful week of practice with this. And hey, if you are listening to this and you feel like you want some more support in healing your insecurities and becoming mentally stronger, be sure to check out Headstrong. It's my eight-week transformational mental strength program. You can find all the details for that in the show notes. Have a great week and I'll see you on the next episode of Mentally Stronger. If you know someone who you think might benefit from listening to this episode, share it with them. Sharing it could really help them to feel better and improve the quality of their life. And if you found this episode helpful, remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive more tips on growing your mental strength. And if you'd like some more support in becoming mentally strong, come over to the website and check out the different coaching and training options I have on offer there for you. You can find the links for all of that in the show notes. And thanks again for tuning in. Take care and stay strong. Stay strong.